This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. A very good evening, um, South Africa, and of course to the world. Uh, welcome to tonight's edition of Beyond Governance. My name is Nimrod Dembele. I'm delighted to be in your company. And thanks for affording uh, me this opportunity to share my thoughts alongside those that I'll be bringing in at some point in studio. If you missed our conversation last week, uh, not to worry. Download the podcast on interview I've had with Adam Craker, the, C- the chief executive of Business IQ. I think Adam was phenomenal. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, his thought-provoking um, utterances, and I, I certainly hope and thought think, and you've also uh, enjoyed his commentary. Uh, and I hope to continue on that kind of trajectory tonight. But before we get to the more serious aspect of uh, our conversation tonight, let me take this opportunity to thank Kathy, Simon, Lindywe, as well as uh, Zanati, of course, for keeping you guys com- company over the past uh, couple of hours or so. As always, I'm not flying solo. I've got Tabo, who's a technical producer of the show. Um, he's the man that pays the bills. Um, and uh, I want to give him the gratitude um, for him, you know, steering the ship, as, as it were. Um, you're welcome to share your thoughts on our SMS line, which is 34519. Uh, Telegram uh, is 061-895-1019. My email address is nimrod at high.co.za. And, of course, the tweet handle is at high.fm. And... Um, Perhaps maybe on a lighter note, before you get to the most, much more serious issues, what, what's your take of um, the, you know, euphoria uh, born out of the the victory uh, over the weekend? I think you know, the Springbok has done us a a big, big, big favor. The we are very, very impressed, um, you know, seeing the kind of um, performance which they, they they display against England. And uh, what do you make of what do you make of that? I mean, you know, for me, it says a lot about what is it that we can achieve as a country, and we need uh, more and more inspiration. That's for me the story of um, the victory. It's a huge impetus in terms of um, you know uh, taking us forward as a country, and perhaps maybe we can learn something. Business can learn something in terms of you know the kind of collaboration, teamwork that we have seen. Because I mean, we are all competing. Um, anyway, let's proceed from that point, and uh, hopefully, uh, um, you know, we'll learn something from that. But also, again, on a lighter note, I've picked up that um, Unite Behind, uh, uh, an NGO, I presume, um, has launched an application court, um, you know, seeking, uh, you know, um, Kobani's report to be set aside on corruption at, at, at Prasa. And, you know, the report suggests that um, she has not been able to follow through some of the recommendations which her predecessor put forward. Um, and and I'm, I'm, we are told by, by some of those reports that she seems to be concealing, um, you know, uh, evidence. It, how crazy is that? I mean, um, the fact that there's got this shadow, there's this cloud hanging over, you know, public protector, these kind of allegations don't say, don't really take us anywhere forward and I hope um, somebody will obviously wake up and smell coffee and focus on, on the business at hand And but uh, the last point that I want to quickly reflect on which um, you know is quite rather on a sad note we've picked up over here that Colin uh, Gwala has you know passed on um, a renowned broadcaster whom I've, I've been in an opportunity to share with him uh, back in my days at Vets um, and we are all saddened that uh, he is no more um, unfortunately, he he eventually gave in to to the illness, um, and 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 may his 
so recent pace and uh, hopefully we'll all learn uh, from his um, you know from, from from his work on that note let me just quickly go on and have a as we set the scene have a quick reflection on uh, you know the kind of um, problems that you know are lingering or issues that are lingering that we also need to respond to and again i'll have a you know quick reflection on the rating agents moody you know the downgrades that we've just seen um, um, noted um, from you know positive to negative outlook what does it really mean for South Africa? What does it mean for our bonds? What does it mean for uh, uh, for the economy? And we also picked up that you know our our growth, our, our debt to GDP is likely to see that seventy percent. That's a lot, you know. This is um, a position put forward by the the, the, the minister of, of finance that if by twenty twenty two, if we are not able to arrest you know our, our debt, we're likely to. Uh, to be sitting at at seventy um, percent, um, which means we, you know, we will borrow at the high cost, which means there will be very little spend on education, very little spend on infrastructure, very little spend on development, because the bulk of the money is going to be spent on debt, on debt financing. So that's the kind of situation that hopefully, uh, you know, as we move forward, we'll able to 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 address. On that note, let me take this opportunity to welcome. Not so much as a, 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 uh, a um, what's the word I'm looking for, a stranger to the show. She has been here before and uh, I was quite pleased when I asked her on short notice that she should come through. Her name is Avril Notovich. Um She's the director of uh, 180 Degrees Financial Solutions. Um, welcome, ma'am. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And you? Thank uh, you for inviting me. You're welcome indeed. Um, Avril, on a, on a, on a path, maybe before I, I chip in... Um, just for the benefit of the listener, who is Avril Noltovich? Oh, um, well, I think I'm a turnaround specialist extraordinaire. I, I, I like problems. Um, I like um, solving them. And uh, I think that's what challenges me every single day is um, a mess, <laughs> business mess. Um, you know, people tend to run away from them or, or, or you know, or be scared of change. Um, I, I like to fix things. I like to ask the questions that no one else wants to ask. Um, you know, the elephants in the room, those are the ones I talk about. Um, and I have no problem speaking about them. And, um, you know, I, I think... I think from my own personal perspective, I think people need to be more honest and me, you know, I think lots of times we, we have conversations with people, but we, we don't mean what we say often. We, we cover them up with, with, you know, so it's to protect other people or to not to hurt their feelings. And I think in business, it's an opportunity for me to actually just speak my mind because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that, that, um, a business runs properly, um, and, um, complies with whatever compliance needs to happen, not for the sake of it. Again, I've always spoken about fit for purpose. I think I spoke about that last time I was here. Um, and I, I, that's what I love to do. It, 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 it keeps me up at night and um, it's it sort of my mind is constantly going on how, how I can fix things. So I, I'm speaking pers- basically from a business perspective, but I, it kind of sort of spills over into my personal life. So... Uh, actually, uh, I, I like the the whole point where you in your website where you talk about uh, part of your approach is that there are no holy cows, which which for me it's a beautiful position as a consultant, uh, in that when you move into a space, um, 
you have no allegiance towards anybody. You know, you are there to address issues and, and address them for what they are. Hence, there are no holy cows and you, you speak your mind um, because you look at what is in the best interest of a business, not so much about taking things personal. I do, but sometimes it does get me into trouble. Um, I, I, I think, I think, I suppose I've always said that I don't go to work to have coffee and a haircut or, or have a conversation around the coffee machine. It's more around, I'm very work focused, um, when I'm, when I'm, you know, at work and, um, I'm trying to always think of, of a solution. Um, so, I often say things that are probably, would probably, people wouldn't say, and it doesn't always make me the most popular, but I'm not there for a popularity contest. I'm there to actually make a difference. Because I think that's what also, you asked, you asked that question, who am I? I want to make a difference. I like to make a difference to people I want to help. Um, not in the savior type of way. Um, I'm a, I have, I'm a business person and I am commercially minded, but, um, and I want to make a difference in a business and then make a difference to the employees. But I'm not the touchy feely kind of softer, soft approach. Um, whereas often people have tried to change me and, and make me into that type of person that's softer. Um, I think you reach a stage in your life where you think, well, you know, I, I am. It is I, what it is. This is, is what it, this know. is what it is. And, and, um, this is who I am. And, um, I'm, I'm here to make a difference in your company or in whichever company I'm working in. I want to make that difference. Which brings me to the issue around turnaround because, um, the, 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 the context of our conversation tonight is inherently around how do we, Turn around the economy, particularly from the SMME side of things, because you've noted that the the economy is currently sitting at uh, unemployment rate is currently sitting at twenty nine point one percent. When you want to use a, a broader definition of unemployment, you're sitting at about thirty thirty eight or so. It's something that is ridiculously high as that. But we know that um, you know uh, small business is almost like a messiah, if you like, of uh, opportunities. And yet, as a country, we are not really liberating on pockets of excellence around small business development. And, and perhaps maybe this conversation, let's have it in the context of um, the seven-point plan which the Minister of Finance put forward not so long ago. Um, for an example, let's look at uh, issue around uh, policy certainty as one critical issue that he reflected on, that should we or we need to be moving to a space where there's clarity or certainty around policy, whether it be mining, investment. If there's no certainty, then we, 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 we're not really moving in a great space. What would be your take um, as a turnaround specialist on that? How, how big a problem is this um, you know, uh, policy, policy certainty or uncertainty? Okay, so it's, uh, it, it, obviously people can't see me, but I am smiling here because I'm thinking you like asking to solve world peace. Um, and how do you do that? One, you know, I suppose one country at a time. So, um, I think often when I go into businesses that I, or, or I've seen business in business, even in big corporates, um, that's a basic. If you don't have a policy, if you don't have a way of doing business and people, don't know what the rules of the game are. Mm. They play outside the rules. And um, if there's no consequences for um, breaking the rules, then people just carry on and it, you have chaos. Mm. And um, that's not to say that that business has it all worked out, but I think this creating policy must be the most, like the primary thing. If we, if, if, isn't that what 
government is supposed to do is actually set the policy and make sure that it, it's it's um, uh, the country's a place where you can do business and we can grow the economy and we can do all these lovely things, uh, um, you know, cut the red tape, open markets to migrants, support capital providers, all these beautiful things that we speak about. You can't do that if you don't have policy because w- the policy is the rules. So it, imagine if the rugby players went on the get on, on on Saturday and, and we didn't know they didn't know what a forward pass was. Well, like a disaster. There would be a disaster. So I think number one is the most important. I, I mean, I say that from a business perspective and from a government perspective. Um, but again, it's always I, I often find we talk a lot, and even in business we talk a lot, and it, it, it's. When are we going to do these things? It's all about we can talk and we can strategize and we've got all these things. When do we actually implement? So that's I, my question. And I haven't solved your problem, no. Um, but but, but, but I, 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 oh, I, I haven't I, answered I, your question. I, I, I like the, the last part of it. When are we getting to do? Because some of the issues that even the minister pointed out to aren't necessarily pie in the sky, aren't necessarily issues that we are not aware of. And, and we, we haven't really moved to a point where we are able to implement. Let me take this opportunity to welcome um, right, Eric Stillerman. Hi. Um, hi, Evelyn. How are you? Thanks. I'm well, thank you. Pleased to meet you, Evelyn and Nimrod. Pleased well. to meet you. Double. Nice to be here. Thank you very much. Um, can I just maybe, um, uh, you know, piggyback on 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 Evelyn's point yes, sure. around around the, the the importance of policy. <coughs> Yeah, and and to be more specific, policy certainty as a an instrument that crowds in an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we in the country? Because this is one issue that the minister of finance point, um, reflected on, and as a way which which apparently creates a bit of a um, um, you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, albatross, if you like, uh, in, in in economy. Where are we? How far? Yeah, well, how big a problem is policy? Um, um, uncertainty in, in the country. Uh, uh, um, thanks, Nimrod. Um, I, th- I think that you want to also, you told me, talk about the minister's budget and the economic strategy, and he's called for um, submissions within the next two weeks to what they should do to get things right. Uh, I agree with what Evra was saying that we need a focus on, on action and implementation. I'm not big on the policy side. Because I, I think there are fundamental policy and ideological differences in the country. And that's, we need to understand that. We've got a very strong, uh, populist, uh, left-wing, uh, radical, uh, uh, labor movement. Uh, and, and then you've got a kind of neoliberal, um, economic uh, approach which is saying let's do free enterprise let's get things going in in the way that america can do it and and maybe part of europe or or or, or, or hong kong or wherever so i don't think it's going to be resolved on a uh, these issues are going to be resolved on a policy level rather taking a pragmatic approach to what we can do i heard you on on the way here on the radio uh, saying you know solution oriented so that it's, it's not a hypothetical sort of what can we do to bring down unemployment, to support SMMEs, to bring, about, uh, bring down the government debt, to bring down the deficit. And there are concrete measures which any management consultant and any good effective manager would, would know how you do these things, how you bring about a turnaround. 
you know, you go in, you analyze a business, Avril, and you look at, you know, what are the key issues which will uh, need to be addressed in order to turn that business around. It's the same with a country. You need to increase revenue. You need to reduce expenditure. And how do you do that? So, uh, you know, I'm gladly, I'll give you some of my comments, but that's my first take on it. Thanks, um, 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 you know, Eric, for that um, uh, point. But one thing that I agree with you uh, partly, um, acknowledge the complexity of the whole point that policy environment is is riddled with ideological, you know, um, inclinations. Because um, again, coming back to your point earlier on, that certainly in policy space, you know, we 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 talk left but walk right. Mm. But one of the things that we need to sort out at the policy level is to be firm around what needs to be done and when and how it ought to be done. So that's, that's certainty um, that, w- that we need. For an example, mining. Mining has huge potential um, to, to create jobs, particularly on, on you know, because mining is labor-absorptive sector. And given the majority of the South Africans who do not necessarily have the requisite skills, so once you can create certainty in investment in mining, we're more likely to you know, to create that kind of, of employment opportunity that we, yeah. need, we need, that, that we need. Your take? So, I think, I, I think I hear your point, Eric, but I, I disagree with the beginning. Although I agree completely with the fact that you've got differing, um, sides of, of, of the coin where you have very left, very right, very sort of capitalist yes, versus, sure. a, versus, um, socialist, socialist orientation. orientation. Yeah. But we can't keep saying that. So no, if sure. we keep saying that, it means that, well, that's a problem and we can't solve it. We have mm. to solve it. So everyone talks about how can we do a, a government business partnership. But why shouldn't it, why couldn't it be a um, union business partnership too? Sure. So why can't we talk to each other? So, I, you know, and I was speaking, I was speaking earlier or thinking about it as actually <laughs> the country needs therapy. Mm. Um, so they need um, they need to be able to people need to be able to talk to one another. Sure. So as much as as much as yes, we need to get things done, but we can't keep saying we can't do this because we all have different opinions. We still have to even if you've got different opinions, you need to sit around the table, debate them, and come to a solution yeah, that will a common solution, a yeah, common solution sure. that helps the country. Because yeah. at the end of the day, as you were saying. Um, Doc, and I love calling you Doc. <laughs> Doc. Um, so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if we want to create jobs, we can't just say, well, we create jobs in inverted commas, mm. and it feels like we're just paying like a lip service. Sure. Um, in order to do that, you've actually got to solve a fundamental problem as speaking to each other and make sure, trying to get people maybe not on the same page, but have compromises. Some people, in order to make people work together you need to compromise and as much as i say i don't do the touchy feely stuff um when it when it needs to make something happen you need to do it you need to talk you need to be able to say well this is my opinion and this is mine and where can we meet in the middle because negotiation that is what it is it's about negotiation how do you come to the table and how do people move from the standpoint that they like they absolutely fundamentally will not move from that standpoint and you have negotiators that kind of pull parties together and that's that's the way i mean if you gave it to me to solve that's what i would do first because again i still go back to policy if you don't have yes we can say well we don't have we don't all agree but then and then what because like 
then we get downgraded and then we get that debt you spoke about will be three times, four, five times we'll be paying more and, um, you know, the debt's going to go up. No, sure. Um, people want to emigrate because there's no, there's no, or, or leave the country because there's no, there are no jobs. Sure. So, yep. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm no, 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 I agree with uh, a lot of what you're saying, Everall, uh, in terms of stakeholder uh, consultation and negotiation. Um, and you know, just to more get negotiation, a, not consulta- consultation. Consultation is too. Da, 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 we talk, you know, like talking. Is just too much talk? Yes. No. Sure. Uh, look, something that happened around Nedlac, and Nedlac wasn't a forum, which in '94, earlier, a little bit earlier than that, was created and was quite successful. Um, at some stage, uh, in terms of bringing parties together, labour and unions, and business and community, and there have been some very successful. Um, Agreements and negotiations and social compacts uh, engineered there. Um, I, I think what Tipton Bowen's done to move the discussion forward with his economic strategy and to a certain extent within his budget, he's kind of read the right act, uh, uh, the writing on the wall to the country. We're going, you know, a really, if we don't intervene, whatever you call it, policy, intervention, initiatives, action uh, that we need to implement, then we're going downhill. Um, and in his economic strategy paper, he presented, I think you mentioned uh, to me on the phone, Nimrod, seven priority areas that he's advocating should be focused on in order to stimulate growth and, you know, get the economy on track. My own view is, to his credit, he's taken the lead. He's taken initiative, and I think also heard you talking about the Springboks Rugby World Cup victory, and I think that was... A, an incredible example of how you lead, how you build teams, how you win, how you change a national mood from depression to to confidence to some kind of game changer, and you've you've got people pulling in in a direction with leadership. So I, I believe I don't believe Tito went far enough, and if we can get into the meat of some of the discussion. Uh, uh, if we have time for that, I'd like to maybe share ideas uh, around what actually could be the kind of in- interventions that would make a difference. No, but I mean, look, I, I appreciate that, um, Eric. But one of the issues that it's not a, it's not a brainer, it's not like a brain surgery. Um, one point that you mentioned in seven action plan, the the, the elimination of the red tape. Hmm. I could bet every statement there's something around red tape. Mm-hmm. I mean, according to the World Report, we currently sit uh, ranked 134 of the 190 countries in terms of competitiveness. What will it take for South African business environment, you know, to a point where it is easy? Because the red tape completely, you know, um, um, is into any pot- 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 any potential investment, particularly when you want to create jobs or create an environment that is conducive for SMMEs. This for me it's it's not I'm not I'm not hearing for the first time. I'm not seeing it for the for the first time. Yes, because that's rules for the sake of rules. Um red tape is usually too bu- you know when it's things are too bureaucratic. So rules must make sense and they must be able to be kind of flexed, not broken, but flexed to make sure that it's easy for small business to be able to to get to get things done, I, um, I think a lot of what I see in business, large, small, it doesn't matter which business, what business. People focus on revenue; they drive revenue. They don't, they don't, they just want to get the money in, 
and then the, there's less focus on the costs. So uh, you 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 ask a point you ask a point which is kind of feel like you know we've we, we've we've kind of gone down this road again. But I'll say I'll repeat it. I'll just say well if you do red tape and bureaucracy and policy are almost linked because if the policies are set correctly so that they're flexible enough for for business to happen then we will flourish and there won't be red tape so for smaller businesses you shouldn't expect them to do um a full compliance function that a um a, a dual listed company needs to do um or you know the cost of doing business should be lower those types of things little things that make a difference to small business because you're saying those are the, the the small business is the messiah so that's what's going to start turning the wheels of the economy so i think they will linked let me throw a curveball i want eric to come in here yeah. we are in this mess look let's look at the the zona commission mm-hmm. juxtapose the zona commission with the red tape because rules were created to circumvent or to try and prevent corruption and maladministration where would we be because had it not been of you know uh rules which have come too cumbersome we would not be having a conversation around the zona commission because we have we are in a state where there's so many rules and yet we still find people breaking those rules can i pitch in here sure. quickly uh, um I think an initiative I saw this morning is that the Department of Trade and Industry launched uh, a one-stop shop um, registration of, of businesses for 140 rand, I think, where all the, all the red tape will be done one shot on a, on a website. You can check it out. I saw it only today. So it's eliminating unnecessary forms, mm. making sure that all the the you know key rules, the bottom line things, you know, are you registered for tax? Do you have an address? Who are the owners? Are the directors insolvent or not? Do you have a bank account? Whatever, okay? Financial statements, all the kind of things that are absolutely essential are in place. But you don't need to fill out the same form 20 times with different departments. All the departments are not obstructing each other. That kind of thing can make a bit, bit of a difference. I personally do not believe that that's the panacea that's going to kickstart growth in this country. I, I, it's not one of those things that that I think is, you know, the, the game changer. If we got, like, all the forms sorted, as you were saying, Avril, businesses need to generate revenue. They need to be running effective businesses, collecting their cash flow, managing their costs, all the fundamentals of running a business, and that's, as I, you know, I believe is where the focus should be in terms of the country and in terms of business. How do you generate more growth, and how do you not waste it away in 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 in, in costs, unnecessary costs? So, so just can I? I think it's you're saying the same thing. Maybe I didn't explain properly. Sure. So, so when I said you focus on the front instead of the back, which back office, it's mm. traditional back office. It's like the engine room. Mm. So when there's too many rules and too much. Too, they're cumbersome and there's not enough efficiency and people haven't tried, like they haven't digitized. Then you get this like red tape. That's what makes the red tape. Rules are there and they need to be there. Mm. That's how, that's how business will flourish. Mm. But you need to make it as easy, easy as, as possible. possible. Mm. Easy. It must sure. be easy. Can we take a break um, and, and, and probe that issue slightly further when you come back? 
This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. It's uh, about 20 minutes to 7. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, for those who have just joined us, I'm having a conversation with Avril Nolsevitz, uh, who is the director um, at one, uh, 180 Degrees of Financial Services, as well as um, Eric Stillman, a regular voice to the show. Um, Eric is the CEO of London Business School Online, as well as Net Growth. The issue at hand is it's essentially around the, 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 the very depressing economic environment that we find ourselves in. We, you know, we don't, we don't have a very positive um, outlook from the Moody's. And uh, the Menace have made a you know, very interesting and thought-provoking um, utterances on his view in terms of changing the, the economy. You know, we had a, a deliberation on some of the seven key pillars or areas which he mentioned. But before you get to um, 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 other issues, I want, you know, Avril just to give us a practical approach. Um, Avril's, you know, key competencies and turnaround strategy. And, and if you're to be brought in the space, because, um, I think that's what we need. We need practical people, people who have done turnaround, um, um, you know, at, at the micro and macro level. What is it that we could do differently, um, to inform or advise, um, government around turnaround? Okay. So I think, um, one of the things I see in, in, in businesses where, where they are struggling in the engine room, so to speak, and the engine room may affect front office as well because all the sales, because of the way things are put into the system or you don't have the right system or it's not automated enough and salespeople can't turn a sale around quick enough because everything's manual. I think it's also about training. It's about training. It's about um, uplifting um, skills develop like skills within a business, practical skills. Like you don't need, sometimes it's not so much about your degree or your university, although obviously that helps, but practically how does this work? Like how does it work when the person is inputting the information into the system? How does that actually work? So actually going, sitting next to people, I found that seeing what they do and, 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 and so that's, it's, it's getting down to, getting your hands dirty. So, and I think I was talking to Eric during the break. He was speaking about, he, he was listening to what I was saying and saying, yeah, that's exactly what the rugby, what the guys in the rugby did. They did some transformation. They did lots of training. There was lots of negativity. If you think about it, if you think two years back, like SA rugby was like sort of down in the dumps. A, spe- a swear word, a swear word. But, <laughs> but there was positivity and there was change, which is hard. Change is hard because you have to have difficult conversations and pe- things that people hang on to um, because because it's certain and because they know they know this is how it works. Um, I think I think it's all those conversations. Actually, I'm trying to find ways to take my IP and see how I can get it to as many people as possible. So I don't want to hold on to it. I want to be able to help not just one company or two or three because I'm only one person. How do I? How do I? I um, create corporate velocity in corporates or government velocity in in government. So how would you do that? Like how would you do that? And 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 that's my one of my challenges is now how do I like multiply my knowledge and and share it with other people? My issue, perhaps maybe while you, I think you raise a very pertinent point around change. 
um, because the biggest issue is change. Not so much about we don't know where we're going, but we don't know how. You know, how we change, how do we transform ourselves, you know, to, to really to a point where we're able to understand that there's a lot of wastage in the system, where we understand that we are very unproductive as a system, to a point where that, you know, there, there's no return in investment. That kind of a narrative, when it has been elevated, how do we get, you know, people to understand that we're operating at some minimal level purely because we have not really transformed our ethos, um, are not incongruent with, um, the greater vision. How do you get people to move from that element or environment to environment where you are? Like rugby, let's go back there. You know, two, three years ago, rugby was in a dwang and suddenly boom, uh, you know, they are heroes today because they had to go through some kind of transformation. So practically speaking, let's use the same framework in business and say, how do we get business, particularly small businesses, um, to grow at the speed? You talk about velocity. How do you get, how do you get it done? One change at a time. <laughs> um, so it's like, I always try and explain it like compound interest. So, um, people think about it like, how do you eat this elephant? How do you eat an elephant? One burger at a time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Sorry, it was just an analogy. Yeah. I'm trying to simplify it in Funny a way that... It was kosher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think giraffes are kosher, oh, so we could try that. But, okay, how do you eat a giraffe, a kosher one? It's one one giraffe burger at a time. So you do it... So as you change one thing, then people... It's almost like you change something, and then it it's... Um, people see it's not so scary. And then it becomes more positive. So, so that's how your money works. You put more money and more money and it's, you have to be patient because your money grows. But as you, as you compound interest, it's the same thing. As you change and then so this like ethos in the company or in the, in government changes and people become more positive and then Instead of having a negative grapevine, you have a positive grapevine. So then people are saying, you know, hey, we did this change in this area, and this is how it works. And it, like, it, you know, it, we were really scared in the beginning because people do get scared. You should, I have these conversations. People get nervous, um, and they think, oh no, this is what how is this going to affect me? No, it's going to make your life a lot easier. And then they share with you, and then so it goes, and you build on that. You have to start small. You can't. There's Big no. Bang. There's no silver bullet. It's. It's hard work and it's sometimes frustrating because, you know, sometimes you have to say something in 10 different ways so that people understand your world. Because my world sits in my head and I have to now translate that into someone else's world who, who has a completely different viewpoint or, 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 or um, you know, they haven't seen what I've seen. So I'm trying to take my experience and give it to them, put it, put it in their terms so that they understand it. So it's not an easy process. I, it's not, there's no, it's not a quick fix, but if you don't start, you will never get there. It's like, it's like if you don't start day one and, and if you need to lose weight, go on the diet and do what you need to do or start the training and train for comrades or whatever. If you don't start, then you'll never make the change and we'll just be in this like stuck. Are you stuck? She says, if you don't start, you're not going to make it. Where do we start? <laughs> I, I think I'm going to refer now back to Tito and the budget um, and, and the leadership role that he could play. I, th I think he, he really presented a dismal picture, as you said, that if we don't uh, take the necessary actions to 
turn around the country, we will be in 70% debt to GDP, which is like something like 4.3 trillion rand. That we, our growth rate and our unemployment will all be dismal. Money will leave the country, all of that, okay. He didn't really offer solutions, which I found very disappointing. And I can only think that, and, and I think the input that I would give, I'm, I'm busy preparing an email now because he's con- called for input to be presented to, to Parliament um, in two weeks' time, I think. Um, you know, what would we actually advise Tito to do? And number one, I think, <coughs> is to build confidence that we can do it, set the goals very clearly. You've got to have a vision. You've got to have targets as a leader. I think uh, Rassi Erasmus had a target to win the World Cup. It was a three- or four-year period, and it wasn't, you know, just uh, one change at a time leading nowhere. It was one change at a time leading in a direction that had buy-in and building enthusiasm. So I think that, that what where Tito is looking for, input and, and, and from business, from labor, um, I, I, I can't quite figure out why he was so dismal and so un, you know, bold about building confidence that we can actually contain our debt, we can contain our deficit, we can grow the economy. I've got a feeling that it has to do with negotiation because in order to bring down the, the debt, um, you, the first target that he did mention is he's got to bring down spending by 150 billion rand. And if you're going to do that, you know, the, the easiest or sort of the, the first thing people think of is that heads are going to roll, that salaries are going to be frozen or cut, um, and that perks are not going to be available to people who working the, the I don't know a couple of million people that are working for government I think he has to, they're going to be sitting down with the unions and with business and Nedlac is an ideal forum to do that and have the hard negotiations about what each party is going to be doing to contribute to the national effort and the national good so um, I, I, that was missing, and, and I would say that is what he needs to put forward, needs to be transparent about where we're going, that we're aiming for an acceptable result, for, for, for a target that people will agree to, and that will not re- result in downgrades and further deterioration. We'll turn around the country, and then the, explain what the process is to get by in it and to negotiate with the key stakeholders, to agree policy, to agree common strategy. That needs to be done, and it needs to be done sector by sector in the economy as well. That's my quick take on it. Thanks, thanks, Eric. I think you raise a very important point, yes. uh, which, which uh, now that you're raising it, it, it sort of um, uh, uh, resonates with me. I mean, one, uh, I didn't hear or I did not pick up his view around NDP which is coming to a conclusion in the next, um, you know, 10 years or so, um, because that's where it starts, because we have a, a, a national blueprint in the form of the National Development Plan, mm. you know. So that's a kind of conversation at Nedlec, for <coughs> example, and say, we, when, when, when we, you know, um, brought to life the NDP, it had set in specific goals and targets, which we have not met so far. That's number one. You, that's, that has to be a point of reference. Number two, issues around trade-offs, which obviously are subject to two, and negotiations um, at an appropriate 
uh, fora, such as Nedlec. But I'm afraid Nedlec has lost teeth. Um, over the past five years or so, um, it, has, it is no longer effective. So there's a need to revive Nedlec to a point where um, it is taken seriously seriously by business and by labor and civil society organization because truth be told so much mess has happened you know right under the nose of netlet and which is a body that that meant to bring all the parties together where hard conversation is taking place so much those are for me the two critical points that i want you to throw um, in your way yeah, look, uh, uh, the NDP targets are, are really ideal, idealistic. I mean, that's that's to achieve 5% growth. What did Tito say about growth? We're downgrading our growth forecast from one and a half to a half a percent. Uh, the national debt should not be more than 60% of GDP. And we're kind of sitting at 7. Well, it's not hmm? sitting at 7. Hmm? Thank God. Yeah. We, we're at 58%. Hmm. So when you're sitting at 58%, okay, why are you starting to talk about 70% and that becomes what people are thinking about and gets into people's minds? That's horrific. It's how do we control and hold this thing from sliding further and turn it around? So I think that, you know, reducing unemployment is the goal in the NDP. To what? Maybe 10, 15%. Where are we? 29% broad expanded uh, unemployment 38% that's something like 8 9 million people and for every person that's unemployed there's a household of at least 3 people so you're looking at 27 30 million people out of a population of 57 that's the country we live in that that do not have an income stream so uh, you know that the the NDP targets are are very theoretical and high level what is needed now is the action plan and, a com- and, a, and an agreed strategy of how we get there and, and, and a negotiated way of, the, of going there. Together with that's on the labor side, I, th- I think. On the business side, I think I mentioned it before. You need to bring on board business expertise and competency to help government and to help the economy to boost itself. Companies, and uh, you've had exposure to many companies, I'm sure, Avril, know how to run a business. They know how to generate revenue. They know how to, uh, 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 you know, they've got the core competencies of how you run an operation, backroom, front room, how you do things. That needs to be brought into the space of government as well to show that one of the inspirational things and why I think that the World Cup was such a potentially a game changer is because it had unity behind it. It had um, competency through training over a period of time. There were 15 people, 18, 20 people involved who got to a level of competency that they were world beaters. You know, we've got too long a, a national inferiority complex that where are we as when will we ever equal Europe or America? Here we were, top of the world. Why not our economy? Why not our country? Best weather in the world. Why not the best economy? Absolutely. Best country. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that if you, if you're negative and uh, people around you become negative, and to your point around that 70%, that's what people are thinking. Yes. They're thinking it's 70. Um, uh, when you start quoting figures of what it could be, people just remember the bad. Yes. So how do you create that positivity? Um, 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 the drive, it's all very well. Now we've got this whole action plan, but you've got to get everyone behind it because I think the whole country 
was behind. I mean, even I watched the rugby. <laughs> I haven't watched the rugby for years because I just like I gave up. I was like, no, I'm not watching another lose lose another, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But um, everybody watched, and they were they were cheering. People were cheer they were like out of their seats cheering. Everybody sure. was like so supportive. So, I mean, do you, did you see anyone cheering Tito? I, I don't think so. I, no. I, 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 yeah. So I think that's hundred percent. And I think maybe also because he's, I don't know, we spoke about this earlier about popularist. Mm. You know, if you're popularist, then you, you're trying to please everyone. And when you're trying to please everyone, you're never going to get the, 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 whatever needs doing done because those are difficult conversations. So, you know, maybe we say, you say one thing in, 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 and that's the other thing where you say people are saying they, they talk with their left hand and they do something else with their right hand. But, but, um, Again, I think we should keep it simple. The other thing about 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 turnaround is actually keeping things simple. You don't have to get like it, when you spoke about not it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. Sometimes it's just basic stuff. You just get basic stuff better, you know, and you get like one one like I think when I think when Praveen Gordon was at in Revenue. I mean, remember that it was. SARS, SARS became a, a darling. SARS was just, you have to get a technocrat, a pr person who understands what needs to be done, um, somebody who's not going to be a yes person, that just like for the sake of politics we're going to do it this way, we had, that that runs something properly because that's, a, that's the only way things are going to change. If we keep like pussyfooting around, excuse that word, sorry. It was, yeah. It is, it is. I mean, you, you know, like, you're tiptoeing around, you're tiptoeing around every, every, every discussion because, you know, people are going to get upset by them. Then, then, then I think that, then again, it's just going to be more talk and more talk and we're just going to go further and further down the. Party short, business confidence, that's the biggest color. Yeah, and I think let's also bring Cyril into the equation and also remember Trevor Manuel. When Trevor Manuel presented a budget, you know, he brought grapes into Parliament. He said, we can eat the fruits of our labor. This is what we're going to do. That's leadership and uniting people about a common vision and then, you know, getting people on board, which involves negotiation, yes, and it also involves taking a stand. There's a certain point in which you've got to show the way and you've got to show competency to be able to do it. So I hope that Tito and Cyril can step up to the to the party and 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 show the way to to be a winning country, and we've got to help them. I think uh, absolutely. As, as well, a, I think I think you've been asked. I I, I wasn't consulted, <laughs> but um, yes, no, I, everyone. It was in the Sunday yes, Times. Yes, I know, but I'll, but I'll send you the you link. You can send me the link. Oh, well, <laughs> <we'll do. laughs> I was recovering from the rugby. Okay, sure. yeah. <laughs> colleagues, thank you very much for coming. Thank it has been an absolute pleasure. I I I hope the listeners have um, uh, you know. Have you know been provoked in terms of the thoughts, and I said in takeaway homes for, for me. I mean, one big issue is, is the business confidence. Um, let's use the same year of euphoria that you've just picked up recently uh, to build a business confidence. Let's have a tangible plan with targets, measurable targets. Let's get every single person behind it, and 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 again, let's let, going back to Avril's point. Let's not be populist. And yep. let's have a clear timeline as to how, how and when you're going to turn around this issue. And, and on that, on that note, we're more likely to win as we won. Yep, absolutely.
Well, until again, that's it for tonight. It has been an absolute pleasure. Let's meet again next week, same time. Adios.